about one of the most exciting um, subjects not seen in this world as being exciting, but in the kingdom of God, it really is. And of course, what you just saw, the the sketch that you just saw, is a bit of a parody on John chapter 13. Let me just read a couple of verses or so to you there. Uh, It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. This morning we've been picking up quite a bit about what God was saying about his love. On this occasion he's showing them the full extent of his love. Interestingly, not with some new revelation, not with some great teaching, not with some miracle Uh, of his power, plenty of that going on. But he wanted to show those who were closest to him, those who he loved, the full extent of his love. And in order to do that, he does the following. It sets the scene. The evening meal was being served. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and was going to God. That's quite significant. Jesus knew who he was. He was indeed the original special one. Why? What was his basis? Because he did lots of miracles? No, no. His basis was very simple. He'd come from God and was going to God. So the whole issue of his personal security, which becomes so critical in this situation, was resolved on the basis, not of the things that he did, not of the titles that he had, not of the recognition that he had, but of something that was very, very real, but very internal, that he knew he came from God and that he was going to God. Just like anybody that claims to be born again of the Spirit of God, people like you, that know that you've been born again of the Spirit of God, you know you came from God. And you have a certain hope That you are going to God. That you're headed to stand before God in Zion. The same basis of personal security. Not achieved by anything else. Not as this world looks to achieve personal security. Not by the fame that you've got. By the uh, accolades that you get. But by the fact that you came from God and that you're going to God. The the issue of personal security is dealt with right there. Across the face of the world, people are seeking personal security. Great leaders are troubled by insecurity. I always like to come back to some of the stories that kind of stand out to me. 
when I had need to confront one of the local leading surgeons, consultants. Not about so much his work, but about his department. The reaction was amazing and not commendable because I touched a root of insecurity in somebody that was, in many respects, highly regarded and well-known. And we see it, if you've got eyes to see, all the time. That it doesn't matter how much fame, how much success, the people constantly struggle with a root of insecurity. Not sure that they're accepted. Troubled if they were corrected. Feeling that they're not really wanted. Concerned that they don't measure up to other people. And we could go on and on and on. Defining personal security. But it's dealt with not by therapists. Not by gaining the success that this world would offer to you as being an answer to it, is dealt with by knowing that you come from God and that you're going to God. It produces something which no longer depends on the attitude of other people, upon the reputation that you've got, upon the status that you have. All those things can be set aside. So it's very, very key that we understand here two things. One, that he was showing the full extent of his love. There was no higher place. Secondly, <clears throat> that he was able to do it because of a place of personal security. Many of you know the story. Let me just go through it, recognizing some would not know it. So they're there. The time for this special meal has taken, is taken just about to take place. He gets up from the meal, takes off his outer clothing, wraps a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said, Lord... Are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. This is not according to the status that I'm giving you. You are our leader, our master, our teacher. You can't do this. This is, this is inappropriate. I won't let you do it. We took a team some years ago, to another church. Quite a large team, doing lots of different things. And at that particular point in time, all the teams were doing different things, youth and children, what have you, all around this quite big building. And I went into the loo, and I saw maybe one of the children had had a, an accident in there. So I went to get a mop and a bucket to clear it up. And I'm walking back across this building with the mop and bucket and this lady accosted me. What are you doing? 
so I'm, I'm just going to clean the toilet. You can't do that. I thought, oh, I picked up the wrong bucket or something like that. You're the leader of the team. You mustn't be doing something like that. You see, the issue is, if I can't do something like that, I've got no business to lead the team. Because we're talking about following the servant king. The one who came not to be served, but to serve. This is what we're talking about. Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Then, <laughs> I love Simon Peter. He always jumps in with both feet, doesn't he? You know? Well, not just my feet, but my hands and head as well. <laughs> no, you don't need that. When he finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you should also wash one another's feet. I always think that this should be played to certain music, you know, it should be sort of ascending orchestra. But when it gets to that point, it all goes belly up, doesn't it, really? It's so good, it's so nice, it's so heartwarming. And then he turns around and this is what you should do. And come, boom. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Not sing about them, but do them. He's showing those that are closest to him the full extent of his love. He's able to do it because he's coming from a place of security, status, position, recognition. Those things no longer, they're, they're, they're not relevant to him. And they're in this situation, they come for this meal. And of course they're reclining at table. So if you think they're not sitting like we sit at the table, like sort of laying, you know, I can't do it, but you know, if you was, if you was to lay down there, Tim, lay down there for me, please, show them what I mean. I would do it, but it's a little bit awkward for me now. On your side, lay down there, because people are not understanding what I'm meaning. That's just like that. You've got it perfect, Tim, perfect. And you're looking so smart today, I like that top as well. But let's have your stinky feet this end for a minute. Yeah. The problem is, my head is by his feet. Now, I know there's a ceremonial part to this, but there's a practical part to it as well. His feet have been on a dusty road with open sandals, donkey dung, the whole works. And I've got to eat my meal by his feet. Thank you, Tim. You did a brilliant job. See, Right, he's showing the full extent of his love in something which is, yes, I know there's a ceremonial, but it's very practical. He's choosing to serve where the need is. And, and let's just stop for a minute. What happened to the rest of them? I gather there's about 12 of them, aren't there? Disciples, something like that. What were they doing? 
Why didn't they take that? Well, it's a servant's job. Yeah, but I don't know where the servant is. In fact, it's the role of the lowest servant, the most junior servant, to wash the feet. What, where, where's the person who should be doing it? Let's have an inquiry. Let us get very intense about discussing that so that really we're trying to resolve it. And while we're so intense, somebody else might think to do something about it. You know? Oh, I talked with my friends. We've not been together for such a long time. It's so nice to see you. And did you know about it? And oh, yes. And the person washes a lot whiter. And, and <clears throat> I don't know. All I know is this that we sometimes push people like the disciples into some sort of unreal religious position. They were normal, ordinary people. Not so far removed from how we might be and how we might react in some of these circumstances. People who would prefer maybe to let someone else do it or kind of give the eye to somebody else. But you see, Jesus didn't do that. He saw the need, saw the opportunity, decided here's the chance to show those who are closest to me the full extent of my love. And then brings us through to this place of saying, I've set an example. This is what you have to do. So it brings us to this, that we can't be true followers of Jesus, loving God and loving one another, without serving. Which kind of defeats the idea that I just have a lovely relationship with me and God, and I don't need anybody else. See, without community, we can't really express God. Because it's about loving Him and loving one another. So, the idea that we just kind of exist in some sort of out-of-body experience is total nonsense. It has no biblical basis. It's that we actually demonstrate we need community. We need to be in community. We need to be reaching out in community because the primary way of showing His love is by serving. How can you say you love God and not serve. It, it, it just doesn't compute. I love talking about this. I've talked about it many times. In fact, when we looked at doing this, the leader said to me, you best do that because you enjoy it so much. Nice leaders. Let me do what I enjoy doing. Once a year. It is so meaningful, but look, I'm not talking about taking just a kind of um, a principle and applying it. This is not about reading in John 13 and saying, it has to be something more than that. And it's coming not just about knowing what is true, but living in the good of it. And that requires something that God does that brings us into what we call the revelation of it. beyond just the knowledge about it, beyond just the good idea to do it, 
something that's kind of supernaturally birthed inside us that enables us to do it from a different basis. The first time, I'm not saying it was the first, the first time I can remember coming into a revelation of this was we, we hadn't long been married and we had this scheme. Now, remember, I come from a generation where men don't do all these things. I know it's all changed now, but it took me years to discover what the Kai Chen was. Realised that some people call it kitchen. And, and the idea, food just appears. And then when you finish, you just go off and read the paper and watch the news. And ironing, washing, well, I don't know anything. I mean, you know, it's a, it was a wonderful world, brethren. <laughs> it was a wonderful world. But it's all changed, so forget it. It's past. You can't go back there. Anyway, being sort of forward-looking and modern and I can't help it sometimes. I look at Lynn Coles when I say something and his expression tells a story. Usually a story of what a load of what's it you're talking. <laughs> so we had this scheme that we would work things together which would release us more quickly to doing the things serving in the ways that we wanted to serve. Anyway, not to go into all the detail, but it, it involved... Um, a kind of division of labour. And without, I can't take too much time on it, but it meant that I had to do something like clean the bathroom, which was a, a new and exciting experience. <laughs> and then hoover the stairs. And I mean, I'm just giving you like little things, but it was like lots of things. So, I'm on the stairs, right, in our flat above Ada's Caf in Beckentree Avenue, Transport Caf, wonderful, woke up every morning to the smell of egg and bacon, it was never mine, it was downstairs. <laughs> oh, that was an experience. Anyway, I'm hoovering the stairs, and I'm thinking, good gracious, how much more of this nonsense have I got to be involved in? I've already cleaned the bathroom, collected the washing, and I'm on the fourth stair down from the top, and I get a revelation. See, God can speak to us anywhere. Anywhere. And the revelation was a revelation of what it meant to serve. Life-changing. Life-changing. Did I know about serving? Yeah, I knew about it. It was good teaching. But to actually come into understanding from deep within what is expressed of the heart of love. And this is just serving in my home, serving my wife. But talking on a broader spe spectrum that God shows us something and births something in us so that when we get into doing it as God wants, 
Well, it's not just a matter of doing jobs or someone's got to do it or, uh, you know, nobody was there, so I stepped in. It goes beyond that. The sheer pleasure and absolute privilege of being able to serve and express the love of God. Serve where the need is. And I, I've had lots of wonderful opportunities to do that. I remember one opportunity, I was called, this is later on, called to pray for family that were not well. And uh, I arrived at the house, and the first thing I found was somebody had broken, it was in the days of milk bottles, before most of you would remember them, broken milk bottle. I think, I am come, minister of God, come to pray for the sick. First thing is clear up the broken glass. Because that was where the need was. So I go in, man of power of the hour, began to pray and see the power of God. Ended up holding the bowl while the wife was being sick and the kids were sick. And the, I thought, it came back to me. Serving is where the need is. It's not that we shouldn't pray, but right then, better to hold the sick bowl than have it all over you. You know? <laughs> so we're talking about a revelation, something that God will give, that God wants to give, because He wants us to live in the real heart of it. Not about the number of jobs that need to be done or what my duty is or what my responsibility, but living in the good of it. So that we're actually ministering something and expressing something. So key, so critical. Showing the full extent of his love. And then there was another time. God spoke through the scripture. Philippians 2 verse 20. And it just, this would have been, oh, I don't know, early on, probably before we actually started this church. And this... Um, Paul is commending Timothy to the Philippians. And he said, I've got no one else like him who genuine, takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. And I thought, what a commendation. What a commendation. That nobody else. This is Paul commending Timothy and saying, you know what? This guy is operating at a different level. There's a heart thing here. There's a heart engagement here that is causing him to be more interested in the needs of others and the concern of others than it is in his own. And something strikes us in that. What a great objective to have. Lord, I would, I would like to have that commendation. It's not about how great or how many or how big or how famous or how popular, but to have that commendation. But you see, that has to be something. You can't do it as something put on. It's got to be something that comes from the heart. That's why I'm saying we've got to have 
increasingly. Not something that happened for me 40 years ago. It's got to be something that is increasingly there, being refreshed, coming before God, being moved with compassion, seeing the reality of that being expressed as we reach out and take that opportunity that God gives us. And what a privilege to be a servant of the children of the living God. What a privilege to be a representative of God himself serving in this world, showing what he's like. You know, I want us to live in such a way as we serve people that people are amazed at us. Why on earth would you do something like that? Why would you be like that? Because the Bible says that they might see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what we're looking for. That there is a sense of people being, wow, what, what possessed you to do something like that? So key, so important. Let me just quickly pick up a couple of other things and a couple of scriptures. Remember, this is not about the multitude of things we do. We got the story in Luke chapter 10 of Mary and Martha. You, most of you are familiar with that story. Jesus comes and his entourage and they're going there for a meal and Martha is busy and, and she's rushing around and doing things. And Mary is sitting there gazing upon Jesus, hanging on his every word. In the end, Martha reveals something that's in her heart. It ain't fair. And you're encouraging her. You're not telling her she ought to be doing her fair share. So it starts off with a little grumble, a little resentment. It means that I'm not doing what I'm doing because I believe this is what God has given me to do. This is my opportunity to serve. I'm feeling put upon and now something is building up inside and in the end it spews out. It spews out in, in a resentment to her sister and an accusation to the Lord. You should be telling her to do something different. So she had to be rebuked. I said, no, Mary's chosen the right thing. She's chosen first to set her focus on the Lord. She's chosen first and foremost that this is more important than all these other things. Are the other things not valid? Getting the tea ready, getting the meal ready, of course they're valid. But what he's looking for is the heart that is being expressed or not being expressed. Very impressive what Martha was doing. Rushing around there, uh, doing everything. But doing it from the wrong basis. Doing it because of duty or doing it because she wanted to put on a good show or for whatever reason, she got the thing back to front. And then they began to build up a resentment. There had to be a change of heart in the situation. She had to repent and see that her sister had chosen a better and different part. What a fabulous thing to serve God. What, a, what an amazing thing to be equipped so much with the love of God that we're able to, through love, the Bible says, 
serve one another. Galatians 5.13. That, that it's not just serving, it's somehow because of what God has birthed in us, it's, it's essentially expressing love through that. It's the difference between giving a cup of water and doing it in his name. It's, you, you know, you realize you can actually do an act of serving, and it's an act of serving, very nice. But you can actually do the same thing. And we've got to think about this, because we're going to have big opportunities coming up uh, with all the conference and hosting, to actually to be ministering the life of God, to be ministering as we serve, to actually be something from within, not just an external action, but we're actually expecting and believing that God will cause us to minister his life and his love as we serve, whether it's with the setup, whether it's with the children's work, whether it's with hosting, whatever it is, we have this opportunity to minister the love of God and the life of God. The Bible tells us, how should we serve? How should we serve? Ephesians 6 verse 7, wholeheartedly. See, it's coming from the heart. It can't be otherwise. Oh, well, all right. There's nobody else doing it. I'll do it. Well, I've been doing this now for a long time. I suppose I'll best keep on till I die. You know? It, it gets a job done. It doesn't achieve the purpose of God. Brothers and sisters, I want us to understand, to access, that there's something very, very special in serving about communicating the full extent of his love. And that can't be achieved simply by doing the job. It's got to be coming from this place, this heart of revelation, this place that actually sees, I'm doing this according to what the scripture says, Colossians 3 verse 23, as if I'm serving Jesus. Imagine that. That changes. Here's a cup of tea. Here's a bit of cake. Might be good cake, maybe, maybe nice tea. But um, as I give it to you, it's as though I'm giving it to Jesus. That's a different, that's a, that's a whole different ballpark. Whole different ballpark. And that's what he calls us to. Please understand, he's not calling us to do lots of jobs. He's calling us to minister his love to demonstrate his life. And empowers us to do that. You say, well, how do you do it? Well, if you serve from the heart, you will do it. You will minister the love and life of God. I've enjoyed that. I've enjoyed being on the receiving end. Not just of somebody helping out, but somebody ministering something in that way. It's a very, very powerful thing. And then, of course, he promises in 1 Peter chapter 4 to give us the strength to do it. And he tells us to serve in his strength and the strength that he provides. Serve in the strength that he provides. Can you get tired? Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Helps you to have a sleep and wake up refreshed. You know, it's not, we mustn't be too worried about tiredness. 
You know? God gives us strength to do what he wants us to do. You remember there's always the grace of God to do the will of God. It's a great thing. It's a great thing to get tired in doing what God wants us to do and then take a rest. And when we serve, there's the last one I want to share with you, Romans 12, verse 10, in honour preferring one another. What is the slowest process in the world? What is the most delayed process in the world? Two Christians going through a narrow door. But after you. No, no, after you. But I prefer you. But I pre it takes a long time. whole world of difference between that and rushing up to the buffet so I get there first in honour preferring one another. You know? Oh, bless God. What a privilege to be able to demonstrate the love of God in real and practical ways. Serving where the need is. Serving out of revelation, serving and demonstrating his love.